hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Drafts and Drafts. This is Drafts and Drafts with Timmy McBee and Adam E. Uh, I am your host, Timmy McBitz, and of course, I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Adam E. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Been better. Uh, obviously, my beloved football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, lost on Sunday. Still recovering from it, but... Uh, I think it's the start of a redemption story tonight, so I'm hoping to compete. Uh, I think I'll I'll do well, and uh, the come up come up starts now. Come up starts now. How uh, how are you doing tonight, Ryan? I'm uh, I'm pretty good, man. Considering, of course, my favorite Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking it uh, taking it on Sunday in the big game. Uh, I don't want to say that I kind of called that, you know, when we talked about it last week, but. Uh, no, I mean, I, come on. That was a, it was a fun game to watch. I know it was tough for you to listen to um, and to see, but you know, you do you do what you got to do. And uh, I, I don't feel too bad for you, considering that you know you're sitting on uh, you're you're only one year removed from winning a Super Bowl. So I feel like it's it's not too bad. But uh, but I was uh, expecting some gloating. So if this is all you got, that's fine. So yeah, this is this is all I got. Don't worry. No. Um, so. Why don't you, uh, I mean, for those of you that aren't familiar with Drafts and Drafts, um, we're going to do a quick rundown on kind of what's going on tonight and what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so, Adam, why don't you do a, a, a rundown about what is on the draft board this evening? Yeah, so uh, general format is we each have six categories we need to pick from. Uh, we will take turns. One of us selects the category, picks from that category. The other person makes their counter pick. Uh, and then person B chooses the next category, and we snake back and forth until we go through all the categories. Uh, kind of like fantasy football, where you have to fill up your positions. We have six positions today. Uh, and Ryan, you can go into them. Yeah, sure. So today's topic that we're going to be, as as you can probably see, we're, we're going to be going over movies from the 2000s. So that is everything encompassing 2000 to 2009. Um and, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty broad-reaching, and, and it's something I think most of us live through, so we have some familiarity with it for sure. And uh, in terms of specifics, so we're going to have six categories. We're going to be drafting one from each category, as Adam said. And uh, the first one, well, we, we can go in any order, but uh, first one we're going to talk about is most rewatchable movie. Second one's going to be the best animated movie. The third will be best movie franchise. Fourth is best movie soundtrack. Fifth is the best dirty little secret movie. So of course, one that you're, you know, not exactly proud that you love, but at the same time you still love. And the last one is what we refer to as the best driller, which is the best drama or thriller combination. Uh, so, in terms of how we're going to start here, uh, before we before we jump in, I think it's really important that we talk about the second draft of the evening, and uh, and that's of course. What we're drinking. So, Adam, what are you uh, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking another limited release. Uh, it's part of the Smog Days IPA series from Smog Sitting Brewing Company here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's the Snow Donut Hazy IPA. They uh, release a new beer from the series every 60 days, and there's three types of not only just hops but mouthwatering hops. So, three types to dive in. of mouthwatering hops. Wow. Okay, yeah. they're up in their game. Um, I uh, I am. I tried to go a little bit for the theme of what we're doing, and I, of course, like to stay, not local, but stay in, you know, I try and stay in Canada for now at least. So I am yep. doing the Audio Visual Logger by uh, Collective Arts Brewing out of Hamilton, 
uh, and it's supposed to be pretty easy drinking. Uh, you know, I always, Collective Arts always does some pretty cool artwork on their cans, and uh, I just thought, hey, if we're going to talk about movies, let's do, a, let's do an audiovisual, audiovisual beer. And, uh, of course, I, I do like lagers, so I feel like that'd be a good one to start with. Um, I, I appreciate the theme, for sure, yeah. Yeah, no, you know, you gotta be, you got to be a little topical here. Um, so before, uh, I guess before we, we, we do the pick, we need to do our ceremonial coin toss to see who gets the first overall selection. Uh, so we got heads, we got tails, obviously. So Adam, I'm going to flip it, and why don't you call it in the air? All right, tails never fails. It is heads. Ooh. Uh, okay, so in looking at these six categories... There's a couple in particular that I'm going to focus on that I think there's not a lot, like there's not a ton of great opportunities in these categories. So I, I had my eye on a couple if I got first overall. So the first one I'm going to jump into, which I think is uh, pretty, you know, significant. Uh, I'm going to start with the best movie franchise. because so I think there's a couple in here that are just hands down better than the others. So my first overall pick in this draft, a best movie franchise, I am going to take the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And these three movies came out, now, what's incredible to me, with like the scale and the size, like it, when you do the extended, extended editions, we're talking, oops, that's the wrong category. We're talking extended, extended edition, um, you know, we're talking almost like 12 hours of film, uh, you know, put together, they were released in 2001, 2002, and 2003. So Peter Jackson essentially took these guys, flew them down to New Zealand, and said, you're staying here for like 36 months. Um, I think the, one of the most interesting stats to me, obviously it's a fantasy genre, it's not always for everybody, but I think they did such a good job across the board between the music, the scenery, the uh, storytelling. This is a franchise that between the three movies had 30 Oscar nominations, and they had 17 wins. So in terms of, you know, influential, uh, popular, uh, artistic, not just, you know, one-dimensional uh, franchises that took home tons of awards, including Best Picture for uh, Return of the King, uh, I, I have to go with The Lord of the Rings first overall. Yeah, solid pick. Uh, no one's going to complain about it. Uh, I've been to Hobbiton. Uh, that was surprisingly fun. And for the first, The Fellowship of the Ring, when I went to see it in theaters, I didn't realize it was a trilogy. And so about two and a half hours in, I, I checked my watch and I thought, they're going to have to fit a lot in this last half hour here. Um, which is like yeah. the exact opposite perspective they took with the Hobbit movies, which we're not going to talk about and are definitely excluded from that trilogy. Yeah. yeah. That's a solid pick. Uh, no complaints on my end. It was definitely on my board. Uh, I think that's a solid first overall pick. Um, the rules we established for this one. Oh, which I we, know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you, you can explain. You can explain. <laughs> which, which we didn't bring up is the franchise has to have at least two movies in the 2000 to 2009 time frame. And with that, I will take. Don't do it. The Batman franchise. I knew it. I knew you. I, I saw those two. I knew we set that rule up before we looked into that, and I saw the two that were in there, and I was like, ah, that's, that's, uh, that's on the board. Yeah, okay, okay. I think with, with those movies, they kind of set a new level of what a superhero movie could be, 
And if you compare to the Marvel movies, which I'm personally not a huge fan of, they almost seem a little childish. And just the over the overall like darkness of those movies is fantastic. Christian Bale is amazing. You have Heath Ledger giving. Uh, that's probably not a great thing to say. I was going to say the performance of his life. But, yeah, that's a little. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I know I what you mean. Yeah. Um, had some Oscar nominations for Heath as well. Uh, first one doesn't really stand out that much, but I think the second one carries it enough that even with the first one, I still think it's a respectable pick here. So, how do you feel about Dark Knight Rises, though? Because that's I think I understand it's not part of it. I get it, but. I personally think The Dark Knight Rises is on the weaker side, but, you know, it had colossal shoes to fill. Like, there's no way it was ever going to live up to what The Dark Knight did. And I agree, you know, in terms of movies that were on this list, I definitely had The Dark Knight on there in other categories, which, you know, I won't touch now. But uh, phenomenal movie, uh, best villain performance I've ever seen. No no doubt in my mind. Batman Begins, you know, not great. They had, they had to change the Rachel character. Uh, and then I thought The Dark Knight Rises was okay. I mean, I like I liked how Bane was portrayed, and there was but the story was all over the place. There's some really unbelievable. So I think, in my view, you got two weaker movies sandwiching a phenomenal movie. And whereas you know, if we look at the Lord of the Rings, we're talking about all of them stand. All of them are unique. All of them are great stories. All of them are rewatchable. And uh, I don't think there's a weak one. I mean, obviously, I think the third is is the best, but. Uh, you know, that's just, um, so I can't blame you. I think it's the best movie on the board so far, but I think when you take it all together, who knows? I'm, I'm going peak performance here and you're going average. Correct. I think peak, uh, Batman can be better, but when we're Lord dealing of the with Rings the trilogy. When we're dealing with a trilogy. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Or a franchise, I guess. Um, all right. So with that, I will now pass it to you for the second pick. All right. Um, so with soundtrack, I think there was a few different ways to go. Um, for me personally, huge montage guy. Okay. And finding songs that perfectly fit montages is a tremendous accomplishment. And this movie does it so well. You have some iconic songs in there. And that is Remember the Titans. Oh, okay, okay. You have CCR, you have Marvin Gaye twice. Mm-hmm. Ain't No Mountain High. Yeah. Heard It Through the Grapevine. Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey-hey-hey. Goodbye. Just a fantastic soundtrack to a movie. If you want just nostalgia, just put that put that soundtrack on. It's, it's going to hit wherever you put it on for a party. If you're just relaxing, that's a fantastic soundtrack. And it, and it complements the movie so, so well. I, I will agree that the, the soundtrack does a great job of uh, creating the the vibe of the movie, which is obviously a throwback to, uh, I guess, you know, racial tension and, and difficult times in America, especially towards in the South. And you have the, um, I think it captures the time period really well and keeps you yeah, believing that what you're watching is taking place when it says it's taking place, which, you know, soundtracks can certainly pull you out of that. So I, I agree. I, I think that's a great movie overall, period. And I, so, you know, that was uh, another one I thought about. I never, I didn't honestly think about it from a soundtrack perspective. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a really interesting pick. It was, it was in my rewatchable category as it well. Was, it I was just, with me too. Yeah. Okay. I, I needed to get it on the board though. And I think the, uh, the soundtrack on its own holds up well enough uh, compared to any other soundtrack that I looked up in that uh, decade. So 
I'm happy. I'm happy with the pick. I was considering taking it first overall Ooh. if I got that chance, but happy happy to lead off the second round with it. So. All right. All right. Good choice. Um, I think there's a few in here. You know, I, I honestly, I honestly thought about uh, Lord of the Rings for this pick just because I think the Lord of the Rings music is also phenomenal. Well, sets the scene really well, and uh, it's something you remember. Uh, but I thought it was more important to take it in the trilogy category. Uh, I think there's a lot of good. I think there's a lot of good other choices here. Uh, and because I'm going second, I can name a couple, but I'm not picking them. I mean, Oh Brother, We're Out There won went eight times platinum, won a ton of Grammys. Great soundtrack. Uh, Gladiator, which who has my favorite composer of all time, Hans Zimmer, who has done a ton of great stuff. But my pick, because I think it was like most uh, relatable, is gotta be Eight Mile. And the reason I say that oh, is wow. because you had back then, like that, when that music came out, number one, it was like, it was really like people, you know, it, it connected with people just because obviously people connected with Eminem. I think he put some of his, like he was already obviously very successful, but I think he put some of that into the movie and it almost like fueled and like influenced, uh, I think the next 10 years of his music making. Uh, I, I think it's got obviously like one of the most notorious and famous uh, main songs that came out of it. Uh, and I, th- I don't know, when I like, if you listen to the soundtrack, you just get the same vibe from the movie. Um, and it's, it's a, I think the best connection between like a, a you know, musician or performer to a movie, it wasn't forced, it fit really well. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I think I have to, when I think of like great movie soundtracks and like what sticks with me, that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Um... I think Lose Yourself is a great song. You're not going to find me here uh, talking trash about Mom's Spaghetti. Original, by the way. Original soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Did, he, did he make the rest of it? I didn't even look up that uh, soundtrack. He, he, I think he added and influenced other aspects. I don't think he wrote the whole like, movie's worth of music. Okay. But, um, you know, so... And, and what do you... Like, when we talk about soundtrack, we talk about... Um, you know, what, uh, are we taking like songs from the movie? Are we taking songs that were written for the movie? You know, I think there's like a little bit of, you know, we could, are we taking, uh, you know, cause if we view it from it, we could have done best original soundtrack. We didn't do best original. We just did best soundtrack. So I, you know, your yeah. pick's perfectly fair, but, uh, anyways, I think that's, uh, I don't know. That's just, uh, that's my view. It wasn't even on my radar. It's, it's a fine pick. I think, uh, mine's a little bit more diverse. I got options on mine. Mm-hmm. I think mine has more replayability, but fine pick. All right. Fine pick. All right. Uh, so I guess it's going to bounce back to me now. Uh, and for my third overall pick, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with into the, the most – actually, I'm going to go into the, the – I'm going to jump right into the one because this is really important to me. This pick is really important to me. I'm going to pick the best Dirty Little Secret movie. Uh, okay. And – I think there's a lot of really popular movies from the 2000s that, you know, are are guilty pleasures for sure. Uh, I think this one is just hands down. Not only is it a best, like, guilty pleasure movie, it's just one of the best movies of, of the decade. Uh, incredibly witty and funny. And I'm going to have to go with Mean Girls. Uh, Tina Fey wrote the whole thing. She's phenomenal. Uh so quotable, so many good characters to this day still holds up. Like, even though it's what, uh, 17 years later, uh, still representative of, of, um, you know, high school and like, 
and uh, I, you know, not something I can relate to. Obviously, not being uh, a, a female in high school, but just in terms of framing it to something that everybody, like you know, common audience can understand. And you know, I think the comedy and the acting uh, was just stellar and the writing was stellar so i think it's something that you put that like there's nobody that i know that doesn't think that that's a good movie so that's that's going to be my best dirty little secret movie i i think you might have just said the issue yourself you said there's no one i know that doesn't think that's a good movie does that make it a dirty little secret movie no but i i think i i I don't think they're going to jump you know talking about like this is something that like hits with me i think it's just something that you know if you put them on a lie detector test they're going to like it but that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I I was I was a little torn with this category because I think there's a bunch of like great rom-coms, movies mm-hmm. like Mean Girls, but they're not like dirty little secrets to me. So maybe that will influence the way I go here. Um, great movie. Uh, I remember the Christmas dance scene. Oh yeah. As a uh, 14 year old boy, yeah. it's like oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, comedy. Tina Fey always delivers. Uh, that was prime Lindsay Lohan too. Kind of fell off a little bit after that. But Just a bit, yeah. It was one of the movies that we had in our high school. Yeah. And so whenever it was movie day, we had I think three movies: Remember the Titans, Mean Girls, and so there maybe one more. Yeah. But seeing that one a lot. Once again, not sure if it's a dirty little secret movie, but if uh, if those are the the rules we're playing by, I'm happy to take my dirty little secret movie next. Okay. That would be uh, one I watch every year, I would say. Um, has great rewatchability. Multiple plot lines, they kind of all, or a lot of them at least, come together. Um, and that would be Love Actually. Oh, that was number two on my list. Okay, okay. I mean, no, I hate that movie. That's a terrible choice. Terrible choice. <laughs> uh, I think Love Actually, there has to be a plot line in that movie that everyone enjoys. The Hugh, the Hugh Grant dancing scene. I don't know how that doesn't put a smile on your face. Um, the little boy going after the girl, learning how to play drums with Liam Neeson. Um, the British guy moving to America because he thinks American girls will like him. A lot of people forget about that one. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, there's uh, just so much The Martin so much Freeman, like, random relationship from porn storyline oh, yeah. that goes on. Yeah. 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 And then Colin Firth with the uh, Italian girl. She's Italian, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But my counterpoint is, does that not fall into a similar trap? Because people that have watched Love Actually, will you find people that deny that they enjoy that movie? I, I don't think so, but you set the precedent. So. I did, I did. I'm just saying, so don't, I'm just... I'm saying don't knock me down for my choice if you're going to take one that's similar. I agree. I think it's, I, you know, I think it's a good choice. I think it, it hits on everything. It's got good storylines. It's got Christmas yeah. aesthetics. So you can watch it at Christmas, which I, I do a fair amount. Um, I, you know, I love Keira Knightley, so, like, I'm immediately invested in the movie, and uh, I think there's just so many big-name actors, and the fact that they were able to weave, like, 16 storylines at once into a coherent movie that actually people enjoy and makes sense, it's well-written, it's well-done, I think it's a great movie, I think it's a great movie. Uh, I don't think it's as iconic as, or, or, you know, as, uh, I guess, I don't know if I want to say iconic, but, like, you know, niche in the area of, like, guilty pleasure, but uh, I, I think it's certainly a banger, and it's a, it's, a competitor for sure. Yeah, she was Portuguese. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, some of the other ones on my list were uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I also had that on my list. <laughs> and my... I feel like I feel like 
feel like that one would have been a little bit more fitting for the yeah, category. I have but. two. I have two that I didn't know we were gonna hit, and the first one is Step Up with Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan, and I was like, oh. that one is like, you know, but again, it's a pretty solid movie. Like, it's fine, but it's like very dance focused. So I'm like, maybe you're not gonna get a lot of people into yeah. it. And the other one I had was Bring It On with Gabriel Union and Kirsten Dunst. So I'm like, that. I could rewind. Yeah. Like, that's a good movie. But I don't want to go into too much because I don't want to take up any other, you know, in case you get some picks for, for yeah. other stuff. Um, I, I think the, the dirty little secret with that one is you practicing the moves in front of the mirror. That's probably the dirty little secret aspect of that know, one. You know, we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to you, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go rewatchable. Okay. And I think this fits the rewatchable category because I saw it three times in theaters. Oh. I saw it one day, and the next day, me and my friends went back and watched it the next day in theaters. Okay. And then one of our buddies came back from summer vacation. We said, oh, have you seen this yet? He said, no. We went again and watched it. And that's going to be super bad. That's, that was on my list. Okay. Okay. Um, there's so many iconic moments in that. You got uh, Michael Sarah singing. Jonah grinding with the woman at the party, and he gets that stain on his pants. Yeah. Uh, the whole tiramisu scene. Yeah. Where uh, Michael Sarah and that other guy are draw- drawing the whiskers <laughs> on them. Yeah. Jonah Hill getting hit by a car. The cops. Uh, <laughs> who's uh, who's the actor from Brooklyn Nine Nine? The boy Charles Boyle, but his actual name. Dan- um, oh, anyways, he's. Joe Latrulio, Joe Latrulio. Yeah. He's the one yeah. when he backs over, and he's, he's like, rocking, and he's playing that, like, really creepy guy. He was, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I, th- I think it's as quotable, if, like, if not more quotable than a lot of the ones we've been talking about. And uh, uh, in terms of, like, unexpectedly fantastic, it, it was, it's, it's a great movie, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, I think a lot of people think back on that movie, and they think, the McLovin, yeah. the McLovin part, but that's like almost one of the worst plot lines. Like the best plot lines are Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah just being buddies, and <laughs> it came came out around the time. I think it's 2007, so we were starting to get prepped to go to college. So uh, kind of similar situations for a lot of us, and we haven't even mentioned the Jonah Hill drawings. Oh yeah, the dicks. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess that was, um, I think that, I don't know. I mean, every, a lot of the actors and actresses that were in that were young and they like, they ended up, I mean, most of them other than really McLovin turned out pretty successful and, and you still had like Seth Rogen and Bill Hader and, and a lot of really, um, anyways, yeah, it was a great cast. Um, but that's okay. That's a good pick. That's solid. Uh, I will watch that. I will rewatch that movie, but there's a movie that is on television or it was on television from like two thousand from its release to probably like you know 2010 it was on every weekend because it was so rewatchable um i i i've never ever not wanted to sit down and watch this movie no matter what mood i'm in and that is rush hour two and so you have one of the best combos ever in jackie chan and chris tucker uh it's got everything it's got action it's got comedy it's got uh you know, random bits of romance. It's got, uh, gambling casino. It's, 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 and it's got one of the best blooper reels you will ever see. Like if you ever, if you watch the end of the movie and watch the last five minutes, it's phenomenal. Um, 
you know, I liked Rush Hour 1, I liked Rush Hour 3, but Rush Hour 2 is just one of those, like, I will throw that on and watch it every day of the week, and I think it's, it's, uh, you know, just relatable to everybody, enjoyable to everybody, still quotable, you still get, like, and if you watch Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, he still does, like, crazy action sequences, and, uh, you know, and it's all of his own stunts. Anyways, that's, uh, I think that's one where any day of the week I'll put that on, I'll want to watch that. It's a classic buddy cop movie. A little bit of comedy, a little bit of action. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trash talk Rush Hour Two, but I think Superbad just has more moments that you discover each time. I find with Rush Hour Two, there's certain moments where it kind of drags on a little bit, um, and if I watch it for maybe the fifth time in a year, I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much as Superbad for the fifth time in a year. Okay. All right. Well, but, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess uh, whose turn is it on this one? Here I think go. it's back to me, right? Yeah. Okay. So we got, I think we have two categories left here. Uh, and this one, okay, this one, this one's kind of interesting. There's a couple, yeah, I got to do this one because I think there's one that I, I want particularly. So uh, a lot of good, a lot of good movies in this category, but we're going to do best animated movie. And, you know, if you look at what was released, there's a lot of really good movies released just before and just after this decade. I think there's, like, a few that really stand out during this time period. Um, for me, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the one that stuck with me the most in terms of it just had everything going for it was Finding Nemo from 2003. And yeah. I think I think it's iconic. I think everybody knows that movie, even though it's, you know, 18 years later. Um Great, you know, great story, great acting, great art, uh, and it sticks with everybody. You know, it's um, it's funny, but it's you know, it's still got some tense moments, and uh, it's one of those ones that I think just like start to finish, it's supremely well done. Uh, for for me personally, a little old when that came out for enjoying it as much. Um, I think it's it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but. Kind of more of a kids' movie for me. Uh, uh, it's animated I think it's, movies. Animated movies often are for children. I feel like that's the. Anyways, I'm, yeah, I get it. You, you didn't. You were thirteen. I, you were too cool for it. That's fine. I, yeah. I, just, I, I, I think some movies hold up better as adults, and I don't know if that one does as well. Oh, you haven't watched it recently. I, I haven't. There you go. Right. I don't think it's that good. Well, then you'll have to. You'll have to. Uh, you'll have to check it out. Okay. Right. What's your uh, counter? Uh, I'm going with a movie that was released in 2009. It was nominated for Best Picture, so I'm going up. Yeah, okay. I think start to finish, that is, I still think that's the best animated movie that stands alone that I've ever seen. Starts off just tearjerker from the start, something you don't normally get in animated movies. You, you see the, the man fall in love with his wife. Wife dies. He's getting kicked out of his place. There's this annoying little kid. And then just like the magic of it all, they get transported to this island because of the balloons. You have all the dogs. You have Doug the dog. Great character name. Yeah, he's a good character. With the, with the voice caller. Memorable moments with, when he sees a squirrel and has to stop talking. So squirrel. Um, I, think it, I think it holds up. I think I could go back and rewatch it and I wouldn't feel too old for it. Uh, it's because it's more recent. That's fair, but okay, okay, sorry. You got you got Russell. You got the old guy, kind of classic 
uh, serious guy and goofy guy combo. They team up. A buddy movie, I guess. So I think I think up up holds up well. So I'm I think good with up. I think it's a listen, good movie. Uh, in terms of like best opening 10 minutes in any animated movie absolutely i think it's up there like there's not a lot of animated movies i think of like toy story 3 which i wanted to pick but it came out in 2010 when they're like heading into the fire i think of up's yeah. intro i think you know there's i think of obviously like bambi's mother dying like there's there's some like notoriously emotional animated movie moments that's for sure one of the few with like very little dialogue you know can can uh, can get can make you feel a certain way um you know, I, I think it was it was it's still well respected. But if you ask people today, if you sampled a hundred people what they think the best animated movie is, I, I would guarantee you Finding Nemo takes more votes. But that's just me, and we'll have to let other people decide on what they think's better. Uh, I think I think Up's a good movie, but it's not, I don't think it's as iconic. I don't think it's as lasting. Um, I you know it's good, but it's not. I don't think it's as good as Nemo. All right, that's your that's your personal opinion. I don't know. Okay, so last so. last uh, I think we're on to the last category. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it is going to be back over to you. All right, uh, the category you said driller. I said driller. Uh, I I was calling it thrama. So <laughs> uh, slight difference here, a little little mixed up, but um, hopefully I can still still give a good response. I'm going to go uh, with an Oscar-winning movie, and that's Slumdog Millionaire. Mm. I think that's another one where you kind of have... It's not as much of different plot lines, but just how it's so well-written that every question is a moment of his life, and then he learns from it, and you see this child grow up in this terrible situation. Um, It's a love story. Uh, Everything comes together on the last question. Uh, you start to really feel for this guy and like rooting for him, and then it works out in the end. Spoiler, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, there's so many twists and turns, and you're not sure if it's going to end well for him. That does in the end, and I think Slumdog Millionaire is a great movie, so I'm I'm happy to take it here. Okay, I I I mean, who's 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 is it? Dev Patel, the, the main guy? I can't remember. The, I mean, I yeah. think it started his he, great performance, started his, like, now pretty successful career. Um, yeah. I, I thought the concept of the movie was, was super neat, where it was tying the, the storytelling theme of, like, showing the on the show, then, t- you know, going back in time, showing the different life moments. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was very unique and well-written and... Uh, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Like well, I, I wanted well, well executed too, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was. I think it was well executed. Um, you know, do I again? Like, I I think it was a good movie. I think it was solid. Uh, in terms of like flaws, you know, it was. I, I don't see it as like a top ten of the decade movie. I think it was. I think it was very good. Um, I don't really know what, how many awards or what awards it would have won, but good choice. Good choice. However, I'm going to counter that and. Uh, this is from 2006, which was a great year for movies. Uh, this is a movie that I think everybody enjoyed. It had every, it had, and, and we'll talk about what it has. Um, the number one being one of the best casts ever, and that was The Departed. So we're talking about 
Leo DiCaprio, we're talking about Mark Wahlberg, we're talking about Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Martin Sheen, Martin Scorsese directing, like you have the best of the best at the helm here. Uh, it was a, you know, great story. You had both sides of the coin. You had evil versus good. Uh, you had a twist ending, spoiler for those that haven't watched it. Um, a satisfying ending, to be honest. Uh, it was tense. It was, uh, you know, edge of your seat for a lot of it. And, you know, who doesn't like a good crime, like organized crime slash corrupt cop uh, you know, Boston storyline. Like, I, I think there's nothing this movie didn't have. And, uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely, like, I feel anxiety when I watch Leo's life and what he's going through as this, like, undercover cop uh, working for Jack Nicholson. And so, you know, I, I think it's one that uh, just on acting performances alone and who you have in the movie, it, it can't be beat. I, I definitely get that for some reason. It just didn't hit that, that hard for me. And so it was on my list, but I felt inauthentic taking it. So, um, inauthentic. I, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be my authentic self. I'm not going to take a pick that I don't fully support. And when it came to my list, I had Slumdog Millionaire above The Departed. Okay. Might yeah. be a controversial take, but um, I'm happy. I'm happy with my pick, and I think I think you got a good one. That's generally more of a crowd pleaser than mine, but. Um, I, I can I can look in the mirror tonight and know that I was honest with myself. So, <laughs> okay. uh, all right. I I think that's uh, I think that that's uh, that's one way to look at it. Um, you know, I really wanted to take uh, I really wanted to take the Dark Knight here, and I guess I could have. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, the risk he takes the Batman trilogy in the front. I'm like, I could probably get away with it. And then once you took that off the board, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I think The Dark Knight was the best movie of the decade. Um, but I think if we're oh, talking, oh, so you're you're hyping up my picks now? Okay. Oh, that's I'll not best it. trilogy. It's not the best franchise. It's just the best movie of the decade. Um, but I still think, you know, pound for pound, I think The Departed takes Slumdog Millionaire. But that's just me. Uh, so. I think that's uh, that gets through the six categories. So why don't we do um, a bit of a, a, a recount here, but what we picked. And for those of you that are listening, uh, we are going to be relying on you to decide who wins. Uh, so we will be putting up uh, an Instagram question. Uh, our our handles in the top right of the screen. Um, it is drafts and drafts podcast for those of you that want to follow and let us know. So these are the, these are the uh, picks and we'll have to uh, look to you to decide a winner here. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll do a quick run through of what I was doing and what I picked. Um, so in terms of most rewatchable movie, I had rush hour two in terms of the best animated movie, finding Nemo best movie franchise, Lord of the Rings, 17 Oscars. Best movie soundtrack, 8 Mile, Who Doesn't Love Eminem? Best Dirty Little Secret movie, Mean Girls, one of the best comedies of all time. And finally, best driller or trauma, The Departed. All right, Adam, what about you? I got rewatchable. I got super bad for anime movies. I have Up, Best Franchise, The Batman Trilogy, Soundtrack, Remember the Titans, Dirty Little Secret, Love Actually. And Driller or Thrama, whatever we would like to call it, Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. All right. I think we got some... I think I like a couple of your picks a lot. I, almost, I mean, when you get to pick first, I like a couple of your picks. But 
I don't know. I think overall, I think mine are just heavier hitters, man. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to see what uh, see what they say. Uh, so that's one draft. What about the other draft? So how is how do you how do you think about this one? What do you think? I would say my my mouth is watering. So it lived up to the expectation that they they had set, which is a bold expectation. Uh, pretty tasty, good good balance. It's not super heavy. I know sometimes if you put three types of hops in an IPA. Can get a little heavy, but I'm excited to try the next one in 60 days. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I gotta say I enjoyed the lager. It was as expected, pretty easy to drink. Um, I you know I didn't get audio visual from it, but uh, or audio video I should say, but it was still uh, still very good. Uh, I'm a big collective arts fan, so I I, I enjoyed it. Um. Okay, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to to wait and see. I mean, listen, if we're going off a of past past experience, I know my teams generally win the most important games. You know, I, I can't uh, I can't say I'm too concerned. We'll we'll see, uh, but uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about this. We'll 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 see what what the outcome is. I'm happy with my picks. Uh, I was true to myself. I don't know if that's that was the wrong method to go with, but uh, that was my strategy, and I'm happy with the team I've assembled. All right, fair enough. Well, uh, we want to thank everybody for listening in. We really appreciate it. Um, we will uh, we will be back for the next episode soon, um, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next time. Adam, any any last words? Go Chiefs next year, and uh, I'll see you later. Okay, thanks everybody. Take care. See ya.